This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Now, where I want to start today, though, is a conversation around the minimum wage. As we mentioned yesterday, the forthcoming increase to $15 an hour has been now written into the official government regulations, making it a done deal, which I guess we, we more or less already knew. Perhaps it was a, a formality. Uh, but it did then become official yesterday. So we've got the uh, increase to, I think it's 13-something coming this year. Uh, and we're going to be at $15 an hour by 2018. That's now been uh, written into the regulations. It's a done deal. So yesterday, as she was scrumming with reporters, Premier Notley was asked about this and the concern being raised by business groups and others that this is going to entail some economic pain, that this could lead to job losses. So the story last week that, that Calgary already has lost 4,000 businesses this year. These are really tough economic times. We've heard from a lot of small business owners who are on the verge. So you've got the economic downturn. You've got the increase in property taxes. You've got the uh, increases in minimum wage that have already occurred and more to come. You've got the uncertainty over the carbon tax. Uh, They're feeling it all over the place. So it seems rather naive to me to just suggest, well, we'll just pile on more and more and they'll find a way to adapt. You know, and some will find a way to adapt. And one of the way businesses are going to adapt is to see if they can make do with less. Less staff, less hours. That seems inevitable. Now, there's a whole lot of research that's been done on the minimum wage. Now, some of it suggests that uh, there could indeed be significant job losses. In fact, bureaucrats in the, uh, in the government warned them last year that there could be significant job losses. Others suggest, and it depends where the median wage is at in any given, given jurisdiction and what the minimum wage is going to, but suggesting that the impacts might be minor or negligible, and maybe even some suggesting that everything's going to be fine. But to have the kind of certainty that Rachel Notley claims to have, and to say, as she did yesterday, that there will indeed be no job losses as a result of this, not saying that it's going to be minimal, Not saying that some people might be affected by this negatively. Not even conceding that it's a possibility. Rachel Notley is so certain that this dramatic increase in the minimum wage is going to lead to absolutely no job losses. And she said so yesterday. Here's uh, the scrum. It's Chris Varco of the uh, Calgary Herald, by the way, is asking some of these questions here. Uh, So he started off with a question just about the decision to write this into the regulations and whether she's at all concerned about what impact this might have. We've met with a lot of people. We've looked at uh, at the projections uh, uh, for the economy going forward, and we balance that against the need for a certain amount of certainty with with businesses and and, and for businesses, and uh, and we've determined that uh, with the the modest growth that we see going forward, and the evidence uh, that that uh, we believe is there that this ultimately is um, a positive uh, initiative for the economy, um, that it's the best way to go to to let Albertans know what to expect and. And, uh, and so that's why we made that decision. Is there any concerns about losses of jobs? I mean, I know business groups saying they felt like they've been ignored. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think that uh, the reality is, is um, uh, there are going to be certain assertions that are made. I mean, back in the day, as I said before, in I think it was 2010, I sat on the all-party committee that reviewed the minimum wage then. And I listened to, to certain uh, employer groups 
claiming then, uh, when we were in the midst of massive, uh, very healthy growth levels, that that you know we have nothing but job losses, um, and then as soon as they got what they needed on the minimum wage, we then had massive pushes to bring in more temporary foreign workers because we didn't have enough people uh, to fill those jobs. So. I've, I've been part of this discussion for a very long time. At that time, I also heard from from uh, from uh, workers and from social advocacy groups and from churches and from economists um, about the overall contribution that you see made to the economy when you uh, ensure that there's a minimum level of earning potential for uh, those most vulnerable workers in the economy. And so it's for that reason that we decided to go forward. But we've been listening and talking and deliberating, and, and we believe that... Uh, it's, we're striking the right balance. So you don't believe it will lose jobs? Nope. Nope. There you go. Nope. No job losses. Uh, so that's quite a bold statement, and one that I suspect may come back to haunt her. Now, it's possible that uh, other factors will lead to economic growth, that we'll be out of this economic downturn, we'll see the overall job market grow, and that may mitigate whatever negative impact is associated with the minimum wage increase. But to suggest that there will be zero job losses associated with it is a very risky statement to make. And it seems a very unlikely scenario. So I'm not sure why she said it and said it so definitively. Maybe she's hoping that by the time we have some clear answers on that, it'll be long after the next election. Uh, someone uh, challenged me on Twitter about this earlier today, saying, look, the, the notion that minimum wage increases lead to job losses is, is just a myth. And that's certainly not been the Canadian experience at all. And someone who has done a lot of work on this, a fellow by the name of Morley Gunderson. And I think if you're studying this issue in Canada, certainly that's a name you ought to know. He's a professor at the Center for Industrial Relations and Human Resources, the Department of Economics at the University of Toronto. Uh, in 1997, the University of Toronto established the Morley Gunderson Prize as a tribute to his 10 years as director of the Center for Industrial Relations and Human Resources. In 2008, he was inducted as a fellow of the Royal Society of Canada for his work as an internationally recognized scholar whose research, institution building and teaching transformed the field of industrial relations in Canada, and one that was formally descriptive and institutional to one that uses rigorous quantitative and analytic techniques. He's a, a leading economist in Canada and a leading expert on this subject. He published a review of the data in 2005, looking at uh, all the studies that have been done. And he found that some of the more recent studies using different and more sophisticated methodologies, as well as more recent data, find larger adverse employment effects at the higher end beyond the consensus range, especially in the longer run, implying that a 10% increase in the minimum wage would lead to a 3 to 6% reduction in the employment of teens. That overall, it appears, the Canadian studies tend to find adverse employment effects that are at least as large and likely larger than U.S. studies. Certainly, none find positive employment effects. So the Canadian data finds adverse employment effects to varying degrees, but none, none find positive employment effects. So that was in 2005. He followed that up in 2014 with another large study on the matter and again found that minimum wage increases can have an adverse employment effect. 
by reducing the demand for workers whose wages have increased. This can occur as employers substitute other inputs for the low-wage labor whose wages have increased. Seeing that teens are the majority of minimum wage workers, Canadian evidence has shown that a 10% increase in the minimum wage would lead to a 3 to 6% reduction in the employment of teens. Increasing minimum wage results in greater unemployment, and unemployment reduces total family income, pushing more families into poverty or making those who are already poor worse off. The government has billed this as an anti-poverty strategy, and here you've got one of the leading Canadian experts on the subject suggesting that, in fact, it does the opposite. It can worsen poverty. Now, even those who believe that the impacts of the minimum wage increase in Alberta, where median wages are higher, might be minimal, would certainly concede that as far as anti-poverty strategies go, this is a pretty lousy one, and there's a long list of things the government could do that would be far more effective in addressing poverty than this. So this is bad policy for a number of reasons. I think the best the government can hope for here is that the effects will be negligible. But to suggest, as the premier did, so boldly and so firmly that there will be no job losses associated with this is certainly naive, and it's certainly at odds with the evidence, and it's certainly at odds with the warnings her own department has been providing. And like I say, I think it's something that may haunt her. Let's hope she's right. But we got a lot of reasons to suspect otherwise. 974-8255 is a telephone number. Let's take a break here. We'll come back. More conversation on this topic. Your text as well, 770-770. We're back after this. Welcome back. 974-8255 is a telephone number. So the Premier believes that there will be zero job losses associated with the minimum wage. So if that's the case, there's another question for the Premier. If raising it to 15 will have no negative impacts at all, why are we stopping at 15? We could make it 16 then, couldn't we? Probably be safe if we went to 17. If 15 is problem-free, why stop there? Let's go to the phones. Uh, Bruce is on the line. Bruce, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. You know, I guess the only bright side is the, the next election is in 24 months, approximately. This government is just, you know... It is what it is. It doesn't matter what their political party is. Their policies are just killing everyone. And they're, as you said earlier, it's like a dog pile. They just keep adding more and more things on top of it. The, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that it's not just the $15. It's that all the other taxes that are calculated on top of that, so your real costs are $20 an hour. So imagine you're a restaurateur how quickly are you going to want to roll out iPads now and eliminate those jobs so people can self-order? Then you only need like two or three people to deliver the food. This is going to kill jobs. There's no two ways about it. Well, I think it already has uh, from what we've been hearing, Bruce. So to say it's going to have no impact, I think even where we're at right now has had an impact. So I, th- I think you're right, Bruce. Um, and certainly the restaurant industry, the hospitality industry, uh, because it represents a big jump for them. Uh, they're more likely to have a greater proportion of their staff affected by this change just because of the nature of how we pay people in the hospitality sector. And Chris Varco, we mentioned the Herald today, has a, an interesting piece on the folks who run the Trap and Gill that we've spoken to before. Uh, you know, the owner, she's uh, cut her own pay from 75000 to 45000 a year and has uh, taken it upon herself to start working server shifts in her own establishment. Uh, to A, help make ends meet, and, and B, then, to save costs and, and having to, to fill those positions. So it's already happening. 
you know, let's not be naive. Uh, Sean is on the line next. Sean, go ahead. Oh, hi, uh, Rob. Uh, first time caller, long time listener here. Uh, I appreciate that. The point that not people aren't really talking about is that, and I've got two points here, and I'll, I'll, I'll let you comment on them. My first point is, what about all the employees that were earning $15 an hour prior to this big increase? The minimum wage is floating around a 10. So they're making 50% higher wage. They might be a, some sort of team lead, supervisory role. Are they going to stand for now the new employees coming in making minimum wage which is equivalent to to what they make although they've been in the company for four years five years six years there's going to be a uh, there's going to have to be an incremental increase equal to that on their end as well so there's going to be job losses there but the other point i want to make is rachel notley if she's saying there's going to be no job losses is she saying that it's going to be basically job loss neutral so in the province they might have a, an increase of 3,000 jobs one month, but they're going to lose 3,000 jobs in whatever sector due to this increase, so therefore there's no job losses. Is that what she's really trying to say, but isn't saying it? And I, I'm wondering if that's more of what she's what she's alluding to. Yeah, well, it could be. could be, Sean. And I think, you know, we may have to go back at some point and say, well, you claimed that this wouldn't happen, and it did. So what exactly did you mean? And maybe she'll, she'll spin it that way. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's get uh, some more in here. we got Wayne on the line next. Wayne, go ahead. Hi. Just a few points. Thanks for having my call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we can all agree that this is just for votes for the millennials and not here to millennial bash by, by any means, but uh, definitely votes for millennials. And um, does this create more migration into Alberta because the minimum wage went up for millennials or low uh, workers that are having the minimum wage? Uh, second point quickly would be, um, didn't everybody in Alberta just get a raise with the rents going down, the gas going down? Everything has gone down in price. This is no longer, I, I get a raise for uh, minimum wage when the city is going crazy and the province is going crazy. But right now it's the reverse. So maybe in 2012 we could have talked about this, but in a recessionary times it makes no sense at all. Yeah, it's an interesting point, Wayne. Appreciate the phone call. Now, certainly, you know, when when the economy was going strong, the minimum wage was an entirely moot point. Uh, Because of the supply and demand dynamics, wages were going up. Now, Wayne's right. I think, you know, we've seen as a result of the economic uh, circumstances certain things costing less which does benefit certainly low-income earners. problem with minimum wage is when you add costs, another way the businesses are going to adapt is then to increase their prices. And so how does increasing prices help these people that you say you're helping through the minimum wage increase? So that's the point that's been found in a number of these studies is how it can have actually a negative impact on poverty. All right, coming up after the 1 o'clock news, we're going to talk about police surveillance and the controversy around the so-called Stingray device. We'll hear from the B.C. Civil Liberties Association. Uh, Before we go any further, though, it's time now for Great Ideas, brought to you by Park2Go Value Valet. No need to search for an empty parking spot with door-to-door drop-and-go valet service. Reserve and save at park2go.ca. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.